Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Law School of America, an advanced healthcare directive, also known as living will, personal directive, advanced directive, medical directive or advanced decision, is a legal document in which a person specifies what actions should be taken for their health if they are no longer able to make decisions for themselves because of illness or incapacity. In the U.S. it has a legal status in itself, whereas in some countries it is legally persuasive without being a legal document. A living will is one form of advanced directive leaving instructions for treatment. Another form is a specific type of power of attorney or healthcare proxy, in which the person authorizes someone, an agent, to make decisions on their behalf when they are incapacitated. People are often encouraged to complete both documents to provide comprehensive guidance regarding their care, although they may be combined into a single form. An example of combination documents includes the five wishes in the United States. The term living will is also the commonly recognized vernacular in many countries, especially the UK background. Advanced directives were created in response to the increasing sophistication and prevalence of medical technology. Numerous studies have documented critical deficits in the medical care of the dying, it has been found to be unnecessarily prolonged, painful, expensive, and emotionally burdensome to both patients and their families. Living will. The living will is the oldest form of advanced directive. It was first proposed by an Illinois attorney, Louise Kuttner, in a speech to the Euthanasia Society of America in 1967 and published in a law journal in 1969. Kuttner drew from existing estate law, by which an individual can control property affairs after death, i.e., when no longer available to speak for himself or herself, and devised a way for an individual to express their health care desires when no longer able to express current health care wishes. Because this form of will was to be used while an individual was still alive, but no longer able to make decisions, it was dubbed the living will. In the U.S., the Patient Self-Determination Act, PSDA, went into effect in December 1991, and required health care providers, primarily hospitals, nursing homes and home health agencies, to give patients information about their rights to make advanced directives under state law. A living will usually provide specific directives about the course of treatment health care providers and caregivers are to follow. In some cases, a living will may forbid the use of various kinds of burdensome medical treatment. It may also be used to express wishes about the use or foregoing of food and water, if supplied via tubes or other medical devices. The living will is used only if the individual has become unable to give informed consent or refusal due to incapacity. A living will can be very specific or very general. An example of a statement sometimes found in a living will is, if I suffer an incurable, irreversible illness, disease, or condition and my attending physician determines that my condition is terminal, I direct that life-sustaining measures that would serve only to prolong my dying be withheld or discontinued. More specific living wills may include information regarding an individual's desire for such services such as analgesia, pain relief, antibiotics, hydration, feeding and the use of ventilators or cardiopulmonary resuscitation. However, studies have also shown that adults are more likely to complete these documents if they are written in everyday language and less focused on technical treatments. However, 
By the late 1980s, public advocacy groups became aware that many people remained unaware of advanced directives and even fewer actually completed them. In part, this was seen as a failure of healthcare providers and medical organizations to promote and support the use of these documents. The public's response was to press for further legislative support. The most recent result was the Patient Self-Determination Act of 1990, which attempted to address this awareness problem by requiring healthcare institutions to better promote and support the use of advanced directives. Living wills proved to be very popular, and by 2007, 41% of Americans had completed a living will. In response to public needs, state legislatures soon passed laws in support of living wills in virtually every state in the Union. However, as living wills began to be better recognized, key deficits were soon discovered. Most living wills tended to be limited in scope and often failed to fully address presenting problems and needs. Further, many individuals wrote out their wishes in ways that might conflict with quality medical practice. Ultimately, it was determined that a living will alone might be insufficient to address many important healthcare decisions. This led to the development of what some have called second-generation advanced directives, the healthcare proxy appointment or medical power of attorney. Living wills also reflect a moment in time and may therefore need regular updating to ensure that the correct course of action can be chosen. Durable power of attorney and healthcare proxy. Second-generation advanced directives. As before, the next-generation advanced directive was drawn from existing law, specifically from business law. Power of attorney statutes have existed in the United States since the days of common law, for example, laws brought from England to the United States during the colonial period. These early powers of attorney allowed an individual to name someone to act in their stead. Drawing upon these laws, durable powers of attorney for healthcare and healthcare proxy appointment documents were created and codified in law, allowing an individual to appoint someone to make healthcare decisions in their behalf if they should ever be rendered incapable of making their wishes known. The appointed healthcare proxy has, in essence, the same rights to request or refuse treatment that the individual would have if still capable of making and communicating healthcare decisions. The primary benefit of second-generation advanced directives is that the appointed representative can make real-time decisions in actual circumstances, as opposed to advanced decisions framed in hypothetical situations, as recorded in a living will. This new advanced directive was heartily endorsed by the U.S. public, and supporting legislation soon followed in virtually all states. Eventually, however, deficiencies in second-generation advanced directives were also soon noted. Primarily, individuals faced problems similar to those that handicap living wills, knowing what to tell the proxy decision-maker about one's wishes in a meaningful way. Studies found most of what appointed proxies are told is too vague for meaningful interpretation. In the absence of meaningful information, family and physician guesswork is found to be inaccurate as much as 76% of the time. While a study comparing next-of-kin decisions on behalf of an incapacitated person, who later recovered, found that these surrogates chose correctly 68% of the time overall. This continuing problem led to the development of what might be called third-generation advanced directives. Third-generation advanced directives Third-generation advanced directives were designed to contain enriched content to assist individuals and their appointed agents, families, and physicians to better understand and honor their wishes. The first of the third-generation advanced directives was the Values History by Daukas and McCulloch, created at the Georgetown University School of Medicine, first published in 1988, and then more widely cited in an article in 1991. The Values History is a two-part advanced directive instrument that elicits patient values about terminal medical care and therapy-specific directives. 
The goal of this advanced directive is to move away from a focus on specific treatments and medical procedures to a focus on patient values and personal goals. Another values-based project was later published by Lambert, Gibson, and Nathanson at the Institute of Public Law, University of New Mexico School of Law in 1990. It continues to be made available via the Hospice and Palliative Care Federation. One persistent challenge of third-generation-based values documents is to show a linkage between the elicited values and goals with medical care wishes, although studies have demonstrated that values regarding financial and psychological burden are strong motivators in not wanting a broad array of end-of-life therapies. The next widely recognized third-generation advanced directive is the Medical Directive, created by Emanuel and Emanuel of Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical School. It is a six-page document that provides six case scenarios for advanced medical decision-making. The scenarios are each associated with a roster of commonly considered medical procedures and interventions, allowing the individual to decide in advance which treatments are wanted or not wanted under the circumstances. Several criticisms regarding this advanced directive have been expressed. Primarily, it prompts individuals to make medical treatment decisions, which they are typically not equipped to make. While some commentators suggest that any recording of one's wishes is problematic, the preponderance of experts recommend the completion of an advanced directive document, especially one that includes both a living will and a proxy designation. While most of the public continue to rely upon their state's standard directive format, research demonstrates that many of these documents are too jargon-laden and vague, confusing, and incomplete to adequately capture an individual's wishes and that they focus too much on the needs of medical and legal practitioners to the exclusion of the needs of patients. Advanced directive documents are increasingly available online. Some legal commentators have suggested that using a non-statutory advanced directive will leave the user with a document that may not be honored. However, legal counsel for the Hastings Center for Bioethics refuted this assertion. To make the best choice, individuals should consider reviewing several document styles to ensure that they complete the document that best meets their personal needs. Now a word from our sponsor. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Law School of America. Legal Situation by Country. United States. Aggressive medical intervention leaves nearly 2 million Americans confined to nursing homes, and over 1.4 million Americans remain so medically frail as to survive only through the use of feeding tubes. Of U.S. deaths, about a third occur in healthcare facilities. As many as 30,000 persons are kept alive in comatose and permanently vegetative states. Cost burdens to individuals and families are considerable. A national study found that, in 20% of cases, a family member had to quit work, 31% lost all or most savings, even though 96% had insurance, and 20% reported loss of a major source of income. Yet, studies indicate that 70-95% to of people would rather refuse aggressive medical treatment than have their lives medically prolonged in incompetent or other poor prognosis states. As more and more Americans experience the burdens and diminishing benefits of invasive and aggressive medical treatment in poor prognosis states, either directly, themselves, or through a loved one, 
pressure began to mount to devise ways to avoid the suffering and costs associated with treatments one did not want in personally untenable situations. The first formal response was the living will. In the United States, all states recognize some form of living wills or the designation of a health care proxy. The term living will is not officially recognized under California law, but an advanced health care directive or durable power of attorney may be used for the same purpose as a living will. A report card issued by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation in 2002 concluded that only seven states deserved an A for meeting the standards of the Model Uniform Rights of the Terminally Ill Act. Surveys show that one-third of Americans say they have had to make decisions about end-of-life care for a loved one. In Pennsylvania on November 30, 2006, Governor Edward Rendell signed into Law Act 169, that provides a comprehensive statutory framework governing advanced health care directives and health care decision-making for incompetent patients. As a result, health care organizations make available a combined living will and health care power of attorney example form from Pennsylvania Act 169 of 2006. Several states offer living will registries where citizens can file their living will so that they are more easily and readily accessible by doctors and other health care providers. However, in recent years some of these registries, such as the one run by the Washington State Department of Health, have been shuttered by the state government because of low enrollment, lack of funds, or both. On July 28, 2009, Barack Obama became the first United States president to announce publicly that he had a living will, and to encourage others to do the same. He told an AARP town meeting, so I actually think it's a good idea to have a living will. I'd encourage everybody to get one. I have one. Michelle has one. And we hope we don't have to use it for a long time, but I think it's something that is sensible. The announcement followed controversy surrounding proposed health care legislation that included language that would permit the payment of doctors under Medicare to counsel patients regarding living wills, sometimes referred to as the infamous page 425. Shortly afterwards, bioethicist Jacob Oppel issued a call to make living wills mandatory. Canada. Health Canada, Canada's federal health agency, has acknowledged the need for a greater investment in palliative and hospice care as the country faces a rapidly growing population of elderly and terminally ill citizens. Much of the current focus in Canada is on advanced care planning which involves encouraging individuals to reflect on and express their wishes for future care, including end-of-life care, before they become terminally ill or incapable of making decisions for themselves. A number of publicly funded initiatives exist to promote advanced care planning and to encourage people to appoint substitute decision makers who make medical decisions and can give or withhold consent for medical procedures according to the patient's pre-expressed wishes when the patient becomes incapable of doing so themselves. In 2008, the Advanced Care Planning in Canada, a national framework and implementation project was founded. The goal was to engage healthcare professionals and educate patients about the importance of advanced care planning and end-of-life care. Polling indicates that 96% of Canadians think that having a conversation with a loved one about planning for the end of life is important. However, the same polls show that only about 13% have actually done so or have created an advanced care plan for themselves. A 2014 Ipsos Read survey reveals that only about a third of Canadian doctors and nurses working in primary care feel comfortable discussing end-of-life issues with their patients. End-of-life issues in Canada have recently been highlighted due to the ongoing related debate about physician-assisted death in Canada. Former Federal Health Minister Rona Ambrose, July 15, 2013 to November 4, 2015, has stated, 
I think the starting point for me is that we still don't have the best elderly care and palliative care yet. So let's talk about making sure we have the best. England and Wales. In England and Wales, people may make an advanced directive or appoint a proxy under the Mental Capacity Act 2005. This is only for an advanced refusal of treatment for when the person lacks mental capacity. To be legally binding, the advanced decision must be specific about the treatment that is being refused and the circumstances in which the refusal will apply. To be valid, the person must have been competent and understood the decision when they signed the directive. Where the patient's advanced decision relates to a refusal of life-prolonging treatment this must be recorded in writing and witnessed. Any advance refusal is legally binding providing that the patient is an adult, the patient was competent and properly informed when reaching the decision, it is clearly applicable to the present circumstances and there is no reason to believe that the patient has changed their mind. If an advanced decision does not meet these criteria but appears to set out a clear indication of the patient's wishes, it will not be legally binding but should be taken into consideration in determining the patient's best interests. In June 2010, the wealth management solicitors, Moore Blatch, announced that research showed demand for living wills had tripled in the two years previous, indicating the rising level of people concerned about the way in which their terminal illness will be managed. According to the British government, every adult with mental capacity has the right to agree to or refuse medical treatment. In order to make their advance wishes clear, people can use a living will, which can include general statements about wishes, which are not legally binding, and specific refusals of treatment called advanced decisions or advanced directives. The Law School of America The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America